0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to start the second chapter of Sukkah, and we're still engaged in the construction of the Sukkah itself. But as we move from the first to the second chapter, we are more engaged with how people behave in the Sukkah and how that relates to the architecture which we're going to find and the mishnah is going to come back to to is going to begin with a bed we've been talking about beds and bed planks for a while and four poster beds which are covered with a canopy remember that a four poster bed with a canopy above it um, is not okay for a sukkah because the canopy above that four poster is going to invalidate the sukkah for anybody sleeping in the bed and it's the same if someone is sleeping underneath the bed Someone who, who sleeps underneath the bed in the sukkah has not fulfilled their obligation. And we can imagine just as the bedboards in place of schach are questionable, certainly someone sleeping underneath the bedboards, underneath the bed, is going to be questionable because the bedboards are going to, are going to get in the way between the person who is sleeping and the schach at the top of the sukkah which is essentially which is the essential part of the sukkah and rabbi yudah is going to disagree rabbi yudah says we used to sleep under a bed in the presence of the elders interesting by the way you get a more of a sense by the way about living in public space so everybody knew what everyone else's sukkah looked like and how they were behaving. And, and, of course, sleeping was a much bigger deal. It was just as much a bigger deal as eating then. In the time of the Mishnah, you know, you lived in your sukkah, you slept in it. Now, certainly in you know London, where it's really cold, people don't sleep in the sukkah very much. But in the time of the Mishnah, sleeping in the sukkah, that's the big thing. So Rabbi Yudah says, look, they used to sleep in the sukkah in the presence of the elders. And the elders were fine with it. But remember, Rabbi Yudai is the person who says that a sukkah can effectively be a permanent residence. Rabbi Yudai is the one that says that a sukkah can be higher than twenty amot. He's the one that says that we can have build it out of planks. So Rabbi Yudai seems to have this view about permanence in the sukkah, which is essentially rejected by the other sages. And the halacha does not go according to Rabbi Yudai. The halacha does not go according to Rabbi Yehuda, but we still appreciate his opinion and we preserve his opinion. And it's fascinating that the Mishnah chooses to preserve the minority opinions, even though it's absolutely established that we don't we don't follow them. And Rabbi Shimon is now going to, going to cut in. Rabbi Shimon. Gamliel. So we're going to have a story about Tavi, the, say, the slave of Rabban Gamliel. And we're going to learn something about the halacha of sleeping under a bed from Tavi, who was a slave, by the way, but also a Talmid Chacham. So Tavi is a Talmid Chacham. <speaking in Hebrew> he used to, Tavi used to sleep under the bed in the sukkah. The Lehen Rabban Gamliel is a Kenim. Retem Tavi Abdi Shu Hamita. Gamliel used to say to the elders, look, have you seen Tavi my slave? He's a Talmid Chacham. He knows that slaves are exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah. So he sleeps under the bed. He sleeps under the bed because he knows. He knows he's exempt. Ulfid and, and in the same way Lamadnu uh, we learn Sheha we Yashen learn. Tachat Amita Lo Yatsa Yedei and so from this incident we learn from Rabban Gamliel that someone who sleeps under the bed hasn't fulfilled his obligation and we, we you know we haven't we didn't haven't looked at Mishnah Brachot in this cycle but Tavi someone who's very important to Rabban Gamliel and when Tavi died, this is a Mishnah in Brachot. Now, when Tavi died, Kibela Tanhunim. Rabbi Gamaliel accepted condolences for him. It sounds like Rabbi Gamaliel sat a shiver for Tavi, his slave, and his disciples protested. They said, "Look, haven't you taught us you don't accept condolences for slaves?" Amar he said to them, "Ain Tavi Avdi Kishar My slave Tavi wasn't like other slaves." kasher hayah. he was kasher he's a tamid and he's kasher what about other situations to do with beds i mean interesting the mishnah is very very interested in beds and uh, sukkot what if we support our sukkah with bedposts so we take these bedposts and we use them to hold up the schach in the sukkah if the sukkah can't stand on its own, it's invalid. But then Ren, remember, Rabbi Yudah thinks that a sukkah is a permanent object. And we're not going to follow Rabbi Yudah. No, we're not going to follow him. Sukah hamuduv lelet. A m'duv lelet might be also like m'vul belet. It's a mixed up sukkah. It's a disorderly sukkah. We don't really understand what this is. One commentator suggests that this is where the schach is kind of laid out in different angles. So there's some going north, south and some going east, west. The schach has all been thrown on the top of the sukkah in some random fashion. And another commentator, I think the Rambam, suggests that this is where the schach is sort of piling up on a sukkah so it's 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 in clumps, so it's sticking up and sticking down. There's something there's something disarranged about this sukkah, but it's k'sherah, it's valid. And similarly, ve mechavata If the shade is more than the sun, it's k'sherah, it's kasher. You can have as much shade as you like, actually, in a sukkah. And the Mishnah makes this clear. ba can mean bite. If it's thick, like a house, you've got so much schach. You've piled the schach on the top of your sukkah so much that it feels almost like a house. Afal pi she'en hakochavim nirim mitochah, Even though the stars cannot be seen through it. Kesherah. It's a kosher sukkah. You can't invalidate a sukkah by putting too much schach on. You can invalidate it, by the way, by taking too much schach away. It has to have more shade. It has to have more shade than light. But if it has, it can't have too much light, in other words. But if it's got too much shade, that seems to be not a problem. Although I do know some people who make sure they have a little gap in the schach of their sukkah every year just to make sure they can see at least one Star. What if you built your sukkah rather than building it out of bedposts? What if you built it on a moving object? And I thought you would be interested to see here a photograph of the sukkah taken in the Yom Kippur War. These troops, they all went off to war, right, on Yom Kippur 1973. And of course, straight after, they got to celebrate Sukkot. And some of these are, are, are dati, so what are they going to do? Well, this is, a real, this is a real archive photo from a, a journalist who was photographing the Yom Kippur War. And these are soldiers in the war. And you can see that they've actually got four poles tied to the side of their jeep, maybe their bed poles, and they put their schach, they found some schach somewhere. They've just cut it from a tree, right? They're somewhere, somewhere in, in the desert. And they've put some schach on the four poles above their jeep so they made a sucker out of a jeep and you can make him out of a car too look here's a here's somewhere that maybe this is in washington dc i don't know looks like a looks like it might be an american look it might might be an american car might i'm not sure might be a left-hand drive car and someone has taken off the sunshade he's opened up the roof and just shoved a pile of schach on the roof. And I have heard, by the way, about Dayanim going out to visit. Anyway, you could do this anywhere if you if you had to. If you needed to travel and not for the purpose of a mitzvah and you wanted to eat in your sukkah, you could just carry some schach in the trunk of your car and... Make a little sukkah like this. And that is actually then what the Mishnah says. Someone who makes his sukkah on the top of a wagon or on the top of a ship. It's kasher. And you can actually even go into it on yomtov. There's no problem about a sukkah built on a ship or a wagon. If you made your sukkah on top of a tree or on the back of a camel. I was looking for a picture of a sukkah on a camel, but I couldn't find one for you. But k'sherah, it's kasher. However, olin la tov, we're not going to ride the camel on Yom Tov. And the rabbis have made a gazera that we don't climb a tree actually on Yom Tov, because the rabbis are anxious that we're going to break off a branch. We're actually going to prune this tree on Yom Tov, which clearly we're not going to do. So they have a gazer, though. We're not going to go up into it on Yom Tov. But in theory, on in Cholah Moed, you could make your sukkah on top of a tree. The Mishnah then continues. Two in a tree and one in the hands of man, made by man. Or two made by man and one in a tree. K'Sherah, apparently it's kasher the Ain Olin Yomtov, but we don't go up into it in Yom Tov. And we don't really understand what we're talking about here. Is the floor of the sukkah supported by the tree? Or maybe the schach is supported at two points by the tree and one um Maybe it's supported at two points by a tree and at one point by a man-made object. It, it's not quite clear actually what this Mishnah means and, and the components are not clear. And it goes on. Three. Three connection points made by man and one in a tree. It's Kasher. And you can go into it on Yom Tov. Somehow it seems that we're not afraid about using the tree may may, i think the issue probably is if three connection points are made are man-made so we must be talking at this point in the mishnah about suspending the schach from a tree so suspending the schach maybe from one tree and from three poles and you can get into it on yomtov I guess because we're not actually using the tree to support the schach. The schach can stand if it's secured in three places without the tree. And the Mishnah confirms. This is the general rule. If anything could stand on its own when the tree was removed. If we theoretically, not not actually, if we theoretically could take the tree out. And the sukkah would remain standing. Kashya, kshira, ve olin and we can go into it on yomtov. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict.